Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller, the founder at the Miller Law Group and trainer at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm super excited today to welcome Jacinta Gallant to the program. Jacinta is a respected lawyer, mediator, and educator, recognized internationally for her innovative approach to conflict resolution training. Jacinta's resources for divorce professionals, Our Family and Two Homes, helps clients prepare for effective dispute resolution. Her podcast, The Authentic Professional, focuses on how professionals can bring more of who they are to what they do. And her latest book, Going Steady, helps couples in conversations that sustain and nourish their relationship. Grounded in her home on Prince Edward Island, Canada, and with a global vision, Jacinta Gallant is an innovator who inspires other professionals to be more authentic and effective in work and life. Welcome, Jacinta Gallant. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Catherine. It's nice to see you and be with you again. It's really kind of an interesting thing. You've had such an interesting career. And, you know, I just wonder what brought you to try to find a way to dive deeply into understanding conflict in a different way? That's a great question. Like you, I spend much of my day working with divorcing couples. And so it seems like so many of our colleagues end up feeling cynical and burnt out in that space. What I found was that when I engage with my clients at that human level, like where we're really getting to know one another and you can feel a relationship building that's appropriately professional, but but real. It seemed to me that when I was being asked to play a role as sort of the, the warrior lawyer, the, 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 the advocate, the adversary, I was so much less effective. Honestly, I could mouth off in court. I could make strong submissions. I could do a, a clever cross-examination and use sort of use my talent in that direction, but it always felt so ridiculous and and so destructive for families. And so soon I began to explore mediation around the same time as you probably discovered it. I was discovering collaborative law, collaborative lawyers deciding that we couldn't, we could no longer use this court process to, to really destroy families. So then shifting my focus really to how can we have dialogue rather than debate led me to this path towards curiosity. So about 12 years ago, I I just decided I didn't like being a know-it-all anymore. It was actually a personal decision. I kind of knew that it was annoying to people if I thought I always had the answers and that it felt a lot of pressure on me to deliver all the time. So that led me to explore curiosity, which led me to recognize so often when I was making assumptions, when I was making judgments, and then being someone who's always interested in learning, I just discovered a whole new approach to conflict resolution called the insight approach. And it resonated with me so deeply that I invested an entire year in being mentored by the founder of the insight approach, Cheryl Picard. Now, not many of us get a chance to do that, but I did. 
And it was so affirming in the way that I wanted to be in my work and in the confidence I could bring for my clients to know that they could get through a difficult time and that they could discover new things about themselves and about their situation. So in a nutshell, it went from frustration with my working environment doing litigation to a desire to really engage in my own discovery, which led me to exploring curiosity, and then to finding a mentor who could bring me along when the student was ready, you know, the teacher appears, so that I could really learn how to hone my skills, but also my um, my way of being in the world that's more inviting and more likely to lead to resolution rather than more combat. So, you know, since you mentioned the nut, that was a very densely packed nut. And so let's see if we can just unpack it a little bit. Because one of the things that you talked about was, I think you're talking about the relationship between the lawyer and the, and the client, right? Yeah. And, and that when you are the person who's just kind of the champion and, and the know it all use that phrase, <laughs> I, I think what you mean is that there's a real disconnect and, and, a, and a distance that is created because of that assumption that that's what you're supposed to do uh, between you and the client. And it doesn't, it actually allows you not to serve them as well. Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a huge part of it. And lawyer training is so much about knowing and having the answer. So even, even look at, look at so many of us who are working collaboratively in a mediation, the way we've changed, the way our office is set up. I remember the t- a client saying to me, you know, talking to you across this desk just feels really uncomfortable. And then realizing, but of course, that sets me up as the expert. When someone's life, <laughs> they're the expert in their life. And so, yeah, that relationship piece was really important to me and changing, changing my, the sense of what my role is as the lawyer, that clients are often not looking for answers as much as they're looking for us to understand them. And when we yeah. understand them, they can feel that, I don't know, that power of, 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 of imagining a future that's better. Whereas if we have all the answers, well, it doesn't really get them anywhere. And it makes us, I think, a little bit boring. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, for our listeners, because I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and I don't think that would be particularly helpful to the listeners of the, to the show. You know, so I, I just want to just make sure that we're really communicating what you're talking about effectively. And, and so I think what you're saying is, you know, someone comes into you, they're getting divorced. They want to get divorced. They've been served with divorce papers, whatever it is. They're facing a divorce situation and it, and it's scary, even if they're choosing it and anxiety provoking. And, you know, your crystal ball is broken. Mine's been in the shop for years. And you just, they, and they don't know, right? Like, and they're really anxious and scared about it because it means a big shift in their lives. It means a change in their legal status and how they present in society. And instead of we're being us, we're going to be me. It, you know, it means a financial change that they don't know how that's going to play out. It means a change for their kids if they have them and how they're going to parent and being not with their children every day, right? And, yeah. and, and, and there's so many things they don't know what it means. And so there's a lot of fear that comes in. And so I think there's a kind of an assumption that, well, the lawyer is going to know what to do and, and is going to kind of take that away. So, you know, if you say as a lawyer, well, you know, but I don't know, you know, that I think maybe creates more anxieties, but I don't think that's what you mean, Jacinta. So let's, let's kind of make sure we're explaining kind of the steps along the way. Yeah, well, that, that's good because 
feeds into the whole idea of curiosity and insight. And so one of the things that I've learned is that when people are experiencing fear, when they have a sense of threat, and you're right, going through a divorce can be almost at this at that level of identity. Who am I now? We know that when people are experiencing a threat, they're defending and they're not actually cognitively able to learn something new. And so the lawyer as the person with the knowledge and the expertise needs to know when and how to provide that information that is so reassuring. And so I think what often happens is we front load our work with clients in in telling and educating and informing and advising and guiding and doing all those things that are often, it's often too early and it can't really be digested by clients. So we have to learn how to find that balance by paying close attention to the person in front of us Some people are eager to learn and they want information. Others are so full of fear, they need some sense that the person who's their lawyer cares to understand them at a deeper level. Others are looking for solutions and they wanted them yesterday. And so part of what we need to do as lawyers is is find out ways to notice how our clients are reacting to us and adjust so that we can deliver what they need. And so, yes... But remembering that when people are feeling threatened and defensive, the one key thing that's helped me save time and be more effective is that is not the time for me to start telling. It's the time for me to start asking. And so that is the part that I have seen transform my initial and client engagement because I'm able to respond and adjust to what this person is needing from me without assuming they need the same thing that the person I saw last week needed. Yeah, I love the way you explain that. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester County every other Wednesday from 5 to 530, and we're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Jacinta Golan, who's a a Canadian family lawyer who's developed her own approach and a program called Our Family in Two Homes about Jacinda's approach to divorce and, and, and bringing curiosity and understanding into the process of working with clients. And so, you know, as I hear you describe it, uh, Jacinta, I think that what you're saying is there is a time for making a plan, a strategy with the client. It's just that to impose your strategy before you really understand what it is that's important to the client doesn't make any sense and actually is more distancing and creates a disservice rather than a service. It's like a, every clock is right twice a day, right? Like maybe <laughs> you'll hit it, but you know, you might really not hit it because yeah. it's, um, it's just not connected to the priorities that each individual client and each family brings to to the situation. Is that right? Yeah. And and I learned a lot of this from asking my clients. And this was a bit of a vulnerable thing, but it went back in the time when I was exploring curiosity and wanting to be happier at work. I wanted to not feel this know-it-all pressure. I asked clients what it was like to work with me and I got really generous feedback. And many of them said that they really appreciated that human engagement where we talked about things beyond facts and figures in the law and options, but that they often had, they were sometimes confused. Like they didn't know, are we talking about life or are you delivering a service? And and they were great to tell me while they appreciated those conversations, 
they often had better answers to my really great questions after they left my office. So in some ways, what I was learning from asking my clients what it was like to work with me, I was learning how to use asking and curiosity to ensure that the clients were getting what they needed from me. But I had to ask my clients about that. Many of them said, you know, I could have been way better prepared for my meetings with you if I knew that we were going to talk about these things. And so that's why I created our family in two homes, to be honest. These clients that were, honestly, some of them were my favorite clients, and they were so generous with their feedback. I set out, you talk about the mission that you're on to make divorce better for families and for people. Well, I was on a mission to make the client experience of divorce better. And it started with me trying to figure out my own stuff. And it's led into this beautiful thing that's helping families around the world. Well, it also sounds like it's it's a different way for the client, for the person going through the divorce to really think about the divorce, right? Rather than think, well, my lawyer is going to help me through this. There's sort of more responsibility on them to think about what helping them through it actually means, what would be helpful. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And it makes it, to be honest, it also makes it more efficient because clients are invited to do about, it sounds like a lot, but it's about 13 pages of reflection. There's a lot of white space in the workbook. So it's really, it's inviting clients to discover something new about themselves at a time when most of our clients have tunnel vision. They really are certain that the future is dire. They're going through a very difficult time. And so these reflection questions are all about you. What's going on for you? What are you hoping for? What are you worried about? But also, how do you show up? What's your way of rolling in the world? And clients tell me that it's like a breath of fresh air to spend some time getting to know themselves again at a time that they're going through a huge transition. And so if you think about what we know about curiosity, it's like helping clients to be more curious about themselves at a time when everyone's telling them what to do. Oh, get over it. Or, oh, stop talking about your divorce at the dinner party. Or, don't worry, it'll be fine. Or lawyers giving information, education, outcome, all of that stuff. And so it's truly been the the profound shift for me was seeing the difference between a client who met with me for the what clients traditionally expect, I think, lawyers to deliver and clients who met with me after they'd done some of this reflection and showed up going like, wow, I, those were really great questions. I, I never really thought about that before, but I'm sure glad you asked them. And then the other sweet spot is that clients are being asked to do this work on their own time with a cup of tea, a glass of wine, a beer, you know, wherever they are on their own time and on their own dime so that they're not feeling the pressure of delivering an answer to this expert professional they've retained or to having to share something they maybe aren't ready to share yet, feeling kind of vulnerable. And so what I find is the true power of this way of preparing clients is that it's based on curiosity. And so everything that's in the workbook is inviting you to discover something rather than telling you, hey, is it this or is it that? Or what about that? Or maybe you thought about that. And that came from my study of insight to make it so elicitive. It's asking, it's, it's inviting you to explore. And then also saying, and you know, some of these themes will show up in the work that we do together and that'll be great, but you do not have to show your answers to anyone. This is your private preparation guide. Yeah. I love that. You know, at the beginning of the show, 
every time I, I record it, I, I, I say that I'm a trainer at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I rarely talk about what that means. But, uh, you know, in the, in the Center for Understanding and Conflict, we train something called the understanding based model, which essentially says, oversimplifying a little bit, but that the first step in resolving any conflict is to enhance understanding. And we start with each person understanding themselves better taking the time to really understand themselves better so that they understand why they're taking the positions, they, why they feel the way they feel. Like what's going on? What's really underneath that? And without any kind of pressure or any intent to get anyone to move or change, just to understand and be, and hopefully be able to articulate at least to his or her lawyer or to, to the professional team or in some way, what that internal experience is like. And sometimes when you've been in conflict with your spouse or with somebody else for years, decades maybe, it do, it's hard to do that because you're so kind of compressed into defending yourself that you've lost track sometimes of why you're, you're, you feel so attacked and what's going on there and what it is you're actually defending. And yeah. so I, I love this sort of approach to conflict and with the idea of curiosity. You know, I do want you to talk about the Our Family and Two Houses tools. But before I do that, you know what, I want to remind people that they're listening to Divorce Dialogues and they're on Catherine Miller. We're available wherever you listen to a podcast and also on 1460 AM WBOX in Westchester County on the radio every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. So Jacinta Kalan, you, you have such an interesting approach. You've developed this tool. You're just about to tell us about our family and two homes. But before you do tell us about it, maybe you could give our listeners some indications of where they can reach you, where they could learn more. Oh, sure. Well, I, I'm excited that I'm now creating resources that, that speak to, that will work directly with the public. And so my website is jacintagalant.ca. Our family and two homes website is in twohomes.com. And the book we may not have a chance to talk about, but after years of being a divorce lawyer, I'm excited to share that we wrote a book that will help couples stay together. And that's at goingsteadytoolkit.com. Great. So, so tell us a little bit about the Our Family in two, in two Homes. How does it work in two houses? How does it work? Who uses it? Is it available to people who are not actually uh, working with divorce lawyers yet or, or what? Well, so far, the Our Family in Two Homes resources, there's three workbooks, are delivered through the services of a collaborative professional, a lawyer, a coach, a mediator, a financial neutral. And the reason I wanted to focus there was the client experience that I learned about in asking my own clients, that I wanted to improve the experience that couples have in working with their lawyers. And so at this stage, we have lawyers around the world in nine different countries using our family and two homes with their clients. And what, how it works is the client receives, a, it's an actual hard copy, old school, we call it a workbook, and they're invited to do some beginning reflection at home before they meet with their lawyer, their mediator, or their coach. And those reflections, as I've described earlier, are very much about discovering something about yourself without being pushed to shift anything yet. And I really appreciated what you said about understanding in conflict and that in many, many negotiating models, there's a sense that we, the professionals, so-called, are helping, we're, we're trying to get our clients to shift when in fact that often just leads to more resistance. So the client has a chance to 
work through the workbook at their own pace. And it carries them from self-reflection to questions about parenting, information about the laws in their jurisdiction. So, for instance, in New York, it would have the laws of New York in relation to parenting and then child support and spousal support or alimony and family property. So it's a comprehensive tool, but the magic in it is really the reflection questions and then the fact that there are questions about parenting and financial agreements that invite the clients to consider again what they need, what they're worried about, what they're hoping for, and what they're really afraid of on their own time. So then when they're working with their lawyer, it's it's a more efficient process. I, I swear what I can learn from my client in a 90-minute interview is so much richer, so much more relevant because the client has had the chance to reflect. And I can deliver service and know what they need from me far earlier because we understand the pain points. And so that's the way it works now. But there's been a tremendous number of, of well, people, clients and professionals who say, you know, everyone, everyone could benefit from this kind of a resource. And so that's why we are working on something that will help members of the public who aren't yet engaged with their divorce professionals to prepare for that. And then we're hoping that will lead clients to make really good choices about the professionals they do engage. I mean, you and I know how much of an impact there is on a family that depends on which lawyer they engage how that lawyer approaches the case from hello and what opportunities the clients are given for self-determination, for dialogue, and for discussion. And so I'm really hoping that in joining with your mission, we can get the word out to clients that lawyers can really help, but boy, do we have a bad rep. The number of clients that come to me and say, we don't want to get lawyers involved is quite frightening and sad considering there are so many like you and me that want to be helpful and not destructive. And so we've got some work to do around how we message to the public. This radio show is a great start. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you. You're right that lawyers have a bad rep. There's a need for that rep somewhere, though, and or a perceived need, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that people feel afraid coming into the divorce process or into any conflict or negotiation and feel that they need to protect themselves, lawyer up, right? They need someone to protect them because they feel so vulnerable. Yeah. And and that if they really, and, and they could be, maybe they are vulnerable in, in some ways, right? So emotionally vulnerable for sure, maybe financially vulnerable, maybe physically vulnerable. And, and there are ways in which feeling the need for that protection makes sense. I guess what I'm thinking is that, but before each person assumes that they need that protection, that they're, that they're mistaking the emotional vulnerability for actual financial vulnerability or physical vulnerability. And I listen, physical vulnerability is pretty obvious. And if anybody I think is physically vulnerable or uh, an abused person and in a physically abusive relationship, I think that obviously you need to take steps to protect yourself and and get the kind of legal services that would make sense in, in that situation. I also think that there is a place for uh, a more conciliatory conversation in even in those difficult situations. And, and so 
uh, but it's a little bit more complicated. But putting that aside for, the, for this yeah. conversation, I think that this idea that uh, you need to kind of come out swinging a big stick from the very beginning is a false one. And that people who do that actually end up with worse deals than people who don't. And, and so I'm curious about what you think about that, because we often, I think people, not, not you and I, but I think that oftentimes people mistake a kindness for weakness. Oh, yes. And mistake taking the high road for getting a bad deal. And they're so not true. Actually, I think that my clients who want to take the high road get a better deal, for lack of a better word, than people who come out swinging. What do you think? Listen, totally agree with you. The challenge we have is is that if we look at the neuroscience, and, and I want to share this, there is proof now, <laughs> proof that when we when someone experiences me to want to really know and understand them, they calm down. They feel a sense of satisfaction, tension, relief. And they're more able to open up and share what they're really worried about. And when we can create that environment, no matter whether we're still doing adversarial warrior type lawyer in which let's 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 be honest sometimes we do need a protector in most cases i'm going to say we we don't if we can engage with our clients from hello in a way that's helping them discover something for themselves that they can then comfortably share with us we're going to know much more deeply and effectively how to help them and so i think the challenge is to know that when people are experiencing a sense of threat They're cognitively closed down, hard to learn. And when we demonstrate a pure desire to understand them for who they are in this moment, they're going to experience us in a way that feels much more comforting and therefore brings that layer of protection that they might be looking for. But we have to remember that. That's the human, that's the human thing. All right. In 20 seconds at the end of the show. What is your advice for divorcing people or people thinking about divorce right now? Oh, honestly, discover something new about yourself. This is an opportunity for self-discovery and 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 a, a catalyst for a better life. And that's not just being Pollyanna. This can really happen. Take this pain and work with it and get awesome. good help. <laughs> Thank you so much for being my guest on Divorce Dialogues. Thanks, Catherine. Nice to see you again.